Hello and welcome back to episode five of the NJ Multispecies Podcast. I'm Joe Santiago. This is my partner Chris Pereira. Um, today's episode. What? What'd you say? So what's going on? Oh, okay. Today's episode finally getting John Dorn on. Before we bring anyone on, we have uh, some reports and stuff to go over. Um, Chris, I don't know if you want to update us on the gym best situation, but you just keep posting about this guy who's threatened, threatening to murder you. And, um, I don't really what you want to talk about. Well, I don't understand what the, exactly the fight is over. And I think a lot of people on Facebook want to know, like, what's going on with this? You can go, you can go right on there and look. So basically, this this guy wanted to be a wise ass about the Merrill Creek thing. So I was a wise ass right back to him. So and then okay, but huh? you you continued your tirade onto Raritan Bay Angler Reports page. And no, he, I I was I was spreading the Merrill Creek news because uh, I think all real outdoorsmen would like to know when their resources are being taken away from them <clears throat> if you don't care then you're a cuck and you can just say nothing but this guy wanted to say something about it so i I don't care bust my balls i don't care i'm gonna bust your balls back the problem is he got butt hurt over me busting his balls back and he got triggered by it i did invi- <laughs> so then, i invited him on the podcast to work it out and he said no He's a caveman. He's just going to sit here and curse you. You have to blank the whole thing out and just silence him. He's not Listen, happy with you. Definitely. I, I don't care. Dude, the guy got triggered by ball busting after he started it. And then he proceeded to start cursing on this guy's on the Raritan Bay page. So some moderator or something must have blocked him out of it. <laughs> how how long is he blocked for? I don't know. Who cares? Then he starts. Then he starts messaging me personally, <laughs> and ah, you, you reported me, you stupid man. I'm like, dude, why would I report you and not block you? I'm sitting here now. I gotta listen to your bullshit still. <laughs> so every time he says something to me, I just say something back. The guy will not drop it. He's just a triggered freak. I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> He's a lunatic. Okay, so just let's just moving on from that before I because I talk I don't about want- fishing. I don't want to be... Well, it is fishing because everyone's watching the two of you threaten to murder each other on every fishing page on social media. Well... I I didn't threaten nothing. You guys keep giving each other pin drops of where to meet, and you're both (laughs) not showing up anywhere. Both of you. So it's just ridiculous. It has has to end. At this point, he's just a dancing monkey. I don't give a crap. Karnowski's feeding off of this. He's loving it. Moving on... Whatever. Okay, yeah, well, well, we'll just move right on. Moving on, I have another, uh, I just have another uh, pet peeve I have to bring up. I'm seeing my news feed filled with people holding trout, and every single person that's holding a trout that's bigger than nine inches is saying, oh, here's a nice holdover. They're not holdover. Just because a trout isn't nine inches, it's not a holdover. You didn't uh, 
just walk into a stocking spot on opening day and catch a 16-inch fish, and it's a holdover. They did throw fish in that are bigger than nine inches. Like, it's Chris, can you bet? Like, you know, did, are you seeing what I'm seeing online? Like, every I'm, I'm, oh, oh, here's another holdover. Another, it's been a holdover for three days. They just put it in. It's not a holdover. I, I honestly I have no idea. I haven't seen any of that. I don't know what you're talking about. So you're just completely non. You're just not even like gonna be. Well, what are you saying? This episode at all? You're saying that people are catching trout smaller than nine inches and are assuming it's a holdover because it's smaller than the keeper size. No. I'm saying every person on Facebook that's catching a trout bigger than nine inches is writing that it's a holdover. Oh, here's a nice oh. holdover. Oh, I got a nice holdover. Some guys are writing, oh, here's, I got a breeder. All right, fine. A, a breeder. But a holdover? Like, do you really think that you walked up to, a like, this mainstream truck chaser spot on opening day and caught... It's been fished for the past 365 days by every person, and you walked up there on opening day and caught a 20-inch holdover? Really? It's not a holdover. It's a stock trout. Is this really bothering you? Yeah. It's ser- this is seriously bothering you? Like, who can't? Like, let, if it makes them happy, then, like, I don't know. This, this does not bother me. This doesn't bother you, but some guy making a comment about a small lake trout, you want to kill him, but this... Oh, well, just to be clear, no, that doesn't bother me. I just, no one's going to bust my balls and not get their balls busted back. Look, I, look, let me put this in a way you can explain it, all right? Like, if I step on dog shit, I'm going to scrape it off my shoe, Okay. But I'm not going to walk across the parking lot to purposely step on dog shit just so I can scrape it off my shoe. Okay? This guy is the dog shit in this this metaphor. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. But, like, you're going to bust someone's balls, then they're going to bust your balls back. If you can't handle it, then don't, don't bust someone's balls to begin with. I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I'm at a loss. Not, you're at a loss. Look. My, go back to your trout. Go back to your complaining about the trout. You, you're really bothered by people complaining or uh, people claiming that they caught a holdover trout when it's a stock trout. It's not a holdover. It's common sense. Okay, but there are holdover trout, so it makes them feel better about themselves. <laughs> All right, yeah, there are holdover trout, but let's be reasonable. The spots where these fish are being caught, they're not holdovers. They were put in there. No, probably not. The truck threw them in a week ago, that size. It's a nice fish, congratulations, but it's not a holdover. All right, I mean, <laughs> I'm so sorry. it bothers you. All right, move on. Well, you're allowed to complain for some reason, and I'm not. Skillful Angler. Skillful Angler update. There are some. Frank Rosinski on the board again. Uh, The first trout of the year. A 24-inch rainbow. Oh, yeah. Now, that one was a holdover, yeah? (laughs) 
I don't think Frank called it a holdover. If I did, if he did, I I don't know about that. We'll have to look that up. But yeah, Frank is on the board. I entered a pen. I entered a sunfish that will take the lead. Um, Frank's we'll, we'll see. Frank's isn't. We'll see what. What are we seeing? No, we'll see. It's not on the board yet, is it? Well, no, it's not on the board. It was entered, though. It's bigger than what's there, and no one's entered a rainbow yet. And Frank's is on the board. I see his on the measuring board, so it so is. His is. Oh, his isn't on the leaderboard yet either. No, he just caught it. He just caught it within the past few days. Well, how do you know he even submitted it? Because he hashtagged skillful angler underneath it, and then he also skillful <laughs> angler. Skillful Angler has gone from basically being like something a handful of people knew about and no one cared about to suddenly now it's a war. It's like a war zone now. Like everyone's in Skillful Angler now. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the the guy who's in charge of it, Kyle, um, he's either going to be happy that it's getting more submissions and uh, more participation or he's going to hate us because we just caused a lot more work for him. I think Joe Bergen actually submitted a fish. He put a crappy in. I'll believe it when I see it. All right, let's bring... I did actually... I actually... I I did catch a... uh, I caught caught a skillful angler crappy this weekend. Um, Did you? Not... not, Yeah, not not big enough to take the lead, though. Mike... Mikey's still... uh, Got the lead on, gonna have the lead on that one, but I'm pretty up to sure two species. I'm pretty sure the one Joe Bergen's entering is gonna beat Mikey's. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Joe Bergen's got something around 16 inches. Oh, damn. All right. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. A lot more people, a lot of messages on uh, YouTube and messages in our email. A lot more people are starting to play, uh, not play, but they're starting to participate in Skillful Angler, take on different challenges. Uh, everyone seems to have certain kind of goals that they set with it. I always go for Master Angler and Elite Angler. Those are like the two um, I'm after usually, and the Panfish Slam. I'd love to be able to go after the Trout Slam, but... It's literally impossible because of that 19-inch brook trout, and I, I want to get him on here to hopefully. Now, now that you can complain about. Well, let me put it to you this way: Eddie Mackin holds the knee deep, uh, the knee deep clubs record for trout for brook trout. I don't even remember how much it weighs. We could see it's 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 mounted on the wall in his basement. It's the biggest brook trout ever caught from Lake Pacon. It's humongous, yeah, I, and it is eighteen inches. It's one inch <laughs> short of the skillful angler. So, yeah, and that yeah, was current. That sorry, was cur- yeah, currently just so everyone knows, the skillful angler size for brook trout is. At set at 19 inches, 19 inches, right? So, and if Eddie Mackin's gigantic brook trout, which weighed however much it weighed, was caught 
And that, and that fish was caught during a time they actually stocked brook trout. So it was possible to catch one. And mm-hmm. he caught one that big. And it was still only 18 inches. I don't know where the state of New Jersey got this 19-inch number from. I mean... It look, makes the it, trout slam impossible. Currently, I would say... That's probably true. Your your real only chance is um, some kind of private stocking, and and there's a lot of new regulations over the past couple of years. I, I believe that even private club, like so, you got private trout clubs on the rivers, right? Those those fish swim out into public water, you know. But I don't believe that in most of the rivers they're even allowed to put brook trout anymore. I, I think it's something about the the native uh, brook trout and some not competing with you know not ruining the the genetics of the native brook trout species or having them compete something along those lines. Um, so I, I don't even believe there there is yeah. There's- I, a lot more rules when it comes to putting brook trout out yeah and i'm pretty i mean someone could correct me if i'm wrong i'm not 100 percent on this but i'm pretty sure that even these these private clubs that stock these real big trout um i don't think they can put in big brook trout so literally your only chance is maybe some kind of private stocking in a pond or uh, some river that someone was allowed to stock privately that has no native brook trout could possibly, maybe they're allowed to do it. Well, basically it, that skillful angler brook trout, because the state no longer stocks them, the skillful angler brook, uh, brook trout has to come down to be a native fish, doesn't it? So, I mean, we're going to be, it's uh, going to be a gonna, seven inch fish. Yeah. You're not going to get a, you're not going to get a 19 inch native brook trout. There's, there's no chance. It doesn't exist. I'm saying I, you, I would, I if, would, if you had to set the number, what would it be like? Because seven inches would be hard to do. Uh, I mean, not hard, but it wouldn't be easy. You wouldn't just say, Oh, I'm going to go get a seven inch brook trout. No, it's not that easy. No, but I don't, that's a little, that, I don't think that's high enough, but I mean, honestly. So it, give me a number. Tell me uh, a number in your mind. I don't know. I want I, I want to say maybe like 12, 11 or 12 inches, maybe. See, I, I, I think a 12 think... inch native brook trout is almost impossible. Really? Alan, I just threw impossible. a number out there. Not, not, not impossible. It's that, it's a, uni, that's a unicorn fish. Now, well, I mean, you want you want another, look a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the skillful angler sizes need to be adjusted one way or the other. Sea I think bass. some of them are sea bass. All right, I've caught two skillful angler sea bass in White the last perch. couple of years. White perch is impossible. Is it? Do you ever catch one? I don't really fish for them that much, and. I know We've caught hundreds of them on accident on Lake Apacon. Never well, those don't get as those don't get as anywhere near as big as the ones that live in the tidal waters. Yeah, like but the they brackish waters in the uh, in the freshwater section. Well, no, it still counts. It's a brackish water. It's still yeah, but I think the they have a freshwater and a saltwater white perch on there. I don't think so. I don't think that's right. I think it's too big. 
I think fourteen. I think fourteen's fair. It should match a crappy. Well, it's, what do you mean? It's set at thirteen, isn't it? No, it's set at sixteen. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's been changed. What have you been talking about for the well, past ten minutes? I thought I thought white perch and yellow perch were the set at the same size. If I'm being no. honest. Yellow is at 13 and white is at 16, which, like, on Lake Pacon is virtually impossible. Yeah, but you can't base it just on one place, especially that, because you know the white perch on Lake Pacon are generally pretty small. I say, you know, most of the fish in Lake Pacon you get pretty good size of the species. White perch is not is not one of them. But there are a lot of them. You know what? I'm looking at it right now, and you're wrong again. White perch is set at 14 inches freshwater. What the hell are you talking? What were you looking at? Is there another white perch in? Uh, is there another white perch in uh, saltwater? No. What the hell were you looking at? Maybe they changed it this year. Well, I'll tell you what they did. I think so. I think perch. Yellow perch, white perch, it was just both on their perch, and I think it was set at, at 13. Now white perch is separate, and it's set at 14. Which your best chance, I'm, all right, I'm so going to assume, is the all right, brackish so they, no, they, they changed it, though, because it was 16 last year. I don't think so. I think so. So you're telling me they changed that, but they left brook trout at 19 inches? <laughs> It does appear that way. All right, let's bring let's bring our first guest. Uh, after three weeks of uh, trying to get John Dorn on, we finally have him here. Um, John has been fishing Newark Watershed, I think, for 20, 25 years. Probably 35 plus. 35 plus years Newark Watershed. So everyone was complaining to me to bring a bass man on. And here is a North Jersey bass man. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always good to talk fishing with a couple fellow fish heads. Absolutely. Yo, where's your glasses, man? You no, no, no. I got contacts on. Oh. I was going to say we can do a sitcom, Three Blind Fishermen. Yeah, I am <laughs> blind. I am definitely blind. I saw you fish the tournament the pa this past weekend it looked like you caught some nice fish yeah we uh we got some nice small mouth large mouth and uh two big crappies one was like 14 inch crappy the other one was like 13 and three quarter those but, are the crappy chris can never find no i'm talking about on spruce run where the tournament was i i already told you i've i've found them before the problem is the consistency how many times have he's, we spent all day on that lake and not caught in? You're not going to rip me about crappy. He's here to talk about bass. Get back okay, to Okay, fine. All right, John, let's talk bass. So what is currently going on with bass fishing right now? What well, they're, uh, they're almost in a pre-spawn mode. They're really close to – they're all pulling up now, getting ready to get on nests in a couple more weeks, but the water's still a little cool and the days aren't quite – long enough yet for them to pull up on the nest so another another two weeks or so but they're pulling up shallow now now 
when you end when you go out to fish one of these bass tournaments and let let's use spruce run as an example um when you get out onto the lake how do you decide do i target small mouth or do i target large mouth how, how do you know what to do well i kind of stay where it's a little deeper water so i have the option to catch both i don't go up on the shallow flats because it's a little too early for that yet i know there's some large mouth that did pull up on the flats but i would rather have the option of catching both because because spruce has got some real nice small mouth in it too three and a half four pound plus small mouth you know so uh i like to be able to target either one of them you know and but the baits i the baits i throw like jerk baits and jigs and stuff you could catch either one you know primarily in a tournament uh with a five pound bag i mean you you're gonna have a better shot at getting more weight out of largemouth right usually not necessarily it depends on the body of water you're fishing because some of them are predominantly bigger smallmouth Okay. Depends where you're at, like the watersheds. The watersheds have smallmouth that are four or five pounds, just like the largemouth. And if you mm -hmm. find smallmouth, a lot of times you'll find them in a group, so you could get multiples real fast. So, so if you're, so let's say you're on, you're fishing a tournament on a lake that has both largemouth and smallmouth, but you know, <clears throat> sorry, you know that let's say the smallmouth get bigger in this lake. Are you still going to kind of hover in a, in types of areas where you could most likely catch either one, or are you going to more target the species that gets bigger in that particular lake? Pretty much target the species that gets bigger in a particular lake. For instance, uh, Candlewood over in Connecticut, we do a lot of fishing over there, and that's known for huge smallmouth. And you could get a 20 to 25 pound bag of just small mouse, but it also has seven, eight pound large mouse. So a lot of times if I have five small mouth that are pushing 17, 18 pounds, I'll look for a large mouth, like six to eight pound large mouth because they're in there. So now when you. When you have your off time and you're not tournament bass fishing, are you spending most of your time scouting for these tournaments or are you fishing for other stuff? No, nah, well, I used to I used to work for a builder, a friend of mine. So I used to be like, hey, I'll see you in a few weeks. And I'd take off, go bow hunting, go fishing. I had a lot of more leniency then. Now I have a wife and a kid, so I have priorities. I you know, have a full-time job and it's a little harder to get out. So for these tournaments, I just go by what I know and kind of just like change my game plan throughout the day, whatever I feel I kind of just develop throughout the day. What do you think is the toughest lake to fish in New Jersey? Toughest lake? Just bass fishing? Merle Creek. Merle Creek. <laughs> you think Merrill Creek's the toughest? Not Mumsville. Well, I've done very well there. I've won tournaments there where we had 17, 18 pounds. And then I also got humbled there where I didn't catch spot diddly, you know? So Have it's you ever tough. had a tournament on Monksville when you did well? Oh, I do great in Monksville. I've been fishing. I used to be a tournament director for the American Bass Anglers. And I used to run a Monksville district for five years. And uh, Monksville, I do great in. Not all the time, obviously. It's fishing. But I, I had 
days I'm up there where I catch 30, 40 plus bass, you know. I don't get that place. I don't get it at all. <laughs> oh, there's a yeah, ton of fish in there. What was that, Chris? I just don't. I tell you, you got to fish it more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's I the mean, problem. I don't have much time anymore. So, like I said, my tournaments, I just go out and wing it, you know, because I used to pre-fish and, and it's you're so much more efficient when you know where the fish are and what they're doing. Because tournaments, it's all about time efficiency. You don't waste any time in unproductive water or tying baits or taking lunch or taking a piss. You just fish, you know. That's the way I am. That's my mentality. If I could get 100 more casts than the other angler, I'm going to outfish them. It's the way it goes, you know. Oh, it definitely, yeah, it definitely puts the odds in your favor. But, um, yeah, it just, it seems like in New Jersey, we got so many different types of lakes, right? We got these, we got these reservoirs. Some of the reservoirs have like no weeds in them. It's all rock structure. Mostly you got other reservoirs, got weeds in them. You got the natural lakes that totally, and the fish just behave totally different, all the fish and especially the bass too, for these contests. So it's not even like you can learn something at one at Monksville and then take it the next week to Spruce Run, it, it may not work. Maybe completely different, right? Yeah, but I have certain baits that I throw, like if I come up to a dock, if I come up to a downfall, if I come up to weeds, rocks, I have certain baits that I favor for certain situations. So in my tournaments, I have like 15 rods rigged up with different baits. So if I come up to that area, I don't have to waste time tying anything. I just grab that rod and do my thing, you know. So, but water clarity and and uh, the barometric pressure change, uh, you know, the type of day it is. Every there's so many variables that, it, like you said, it doesn't necessarily translate to the another lake. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. What's the deal, John, with like? when we go out fishing and we like hook a striper or like a walleye and we're kind of like playing the fish, you know, like we're angling, letting it take drag, tiring it out, as opposed to, I see the tournament bass fishermen are kind of like, they're just ripping these fish out of the water right into the boat, like as fast as possible. Is that just because it's just because it's for money? Right. No, it depends on what kind of what you're fishing, what kind of gear. If I got 15, 17, 20 pound test and I'm flipping a jig and I rip onto a three, four pounder, I'm going to flip them right up in the boat because I got heavy line and a heavier rod that could handle that. But also if I'm in, say, spruce and I hook onto a three and a half, four pound smallmouth, I use six and eight pound test, too. So then I'm letting my drag work, letting the fish tire out before I bring them to the boat. So it depends on what your what technique you're using. Are you do you feel stressed at all when you're in the tournament? Like, is it are you no. under stress compared to like a normal day fishing? You know what? I'm the first one up there shaking the winner's hand. So no, it's me against the fish. And if I have a bad day, it's better than working. You know, oh. that's the way I look at it. I used to a little bit, but I've been doing tournaments for over thirty years. So it's like. You know, a bad day fishing is better than a good day of work. That's the way I look at it. So it doesn't really stress me anymore. But I, my competitive gene is so high that I'm like, 
gung-ho. You know, I'm trying to win, trying to win to the last second. Yeah. Like, that I don't waste no time. It's the way it is, you know. I got one more question, and then Chris can go. <clears throat> I ask every bass fisherman this. Does a red hook outfish a black hook? No. No. Nope. Sometimes so? I do use red trebles in the front of my crankbaits or jerkbaits sometimes. Because sometimes, you know, fish follow, but you got to have something that makes the fish commit to biting instead of just following your bait, following it. You got to make them commit. So red treble hooks work. I don't use red hooks when it comes to like uh, EWG or a worm using a rubber so worm or something. Like a, wa like a wacky rig Cinco, you're not throwing no, a red. Nope, nope. Oh, okay. Only for, like I said, treble hook baits, crank baits or something, I might put a red treble in the front. Jerk gotcha. baits, I always put a chicken feather treble in the back hook so it looks like a tail and when you stop that jerk bait it undulates and moves a little bit the chicken feather chris that's Better. an interesting idea the red treble hook in the front yeah it works it works you know what in Doesn't... tournament fishing if you get two more bites three more bites that's a huge difference you know we should try that <laughs> i mean i, I want to believe you but i just like I don't know. It I'd, sounds I'd like see. it would work. You I'd could catch him without I'd it, too. To, I'd have to be in the boat with you, and you've got the red treble hook on your lure, and I don't have it, and you just destroy me. And then all of my lures would have red, red treble hooks on it. But unless, know, unless I see it, it happen, I feel like I, I'm not changing the, the treble hook. You know what, though, Chris? It's all up here. It's all in your head. Where you have confidence in it. It's all in your head, really, you know? That, that's what it's that, about. That's... That is true. That That's is for 100 sure true. true. It's all about confidence. Absolutely, 100. I've been like I've been fishing with people throwing the same bait, like say for instance a buzz bait. Uh, I had people throwing the same buzz bait in the back of my boat, same color, same everything, and I outfished them 50 to two. You know, and not just because I have the first, not just because I have the first prime cast, I let them cast first and everything too. It's just confidence, a lot of it, you know. Fish like you know they're there. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Well, yeah. you got it, and, and you know, honestly, I've done some little tournaments here and there, bass fishing. Uh, I mean, it's the, the concentration it takes to just like like he just said, every cast you got to assume is going to catch a fish because if you break your concentration, you're going to miss something. You're going to screw something up. You're not going to get a good hook set. You're going to lose a fish. And, like, after how long are these contests usually? Eight hours? Eight hours, yep. I mean, in that last hour, to still have some kind of confidence that every cast is going to get hit, I think to me, that's the toughest part. We really yeah. only fished one tournament ever together, though, and we won it. There you go. That is true. It was not a bass fishing tournament. It wasn't a bass fishing tournament, but we won it. I fished the striper one without you, and I lost. Well, I lost. I didn't win it. But the one we fished together, we won. So nice. we're well. We have a hundred percent success ratio so far. You got to come fish one of our open buddies then. Joe, uh, would you would you do a bass fishing contest? Yeah, I actually did one. I've done a few of them. I didn't never did well in them, but I did enter you, a few. You know what, John? Um, you know, Joe loved, he just talks so much smack about bass. Now we find out he's fished tournaments. <laughs> he put a picture up, he put a picture up just the other day where he's literally like 
making love to this bass. He's licking it, I think. I've seen that picture. (laughs) What is going on? I don't want to get into it. Okay, that's fine. I I think I I think me and Joe maybe get in on one of these bass contests. You do you uh, you mentioned you you run one of the associations that runs uh, bass contests or what was it? Well, uh, I'm vice president of Topwater Bassers. My cousin is the president of Topwater Bassers, and it's the only club in New Jersey that's one on one fishing. So it's individual club events. But we have like, I think, six open buddy events where you don't have to be a member. You could just show up, pay your entry and fish. Why are me you and Joe can fish together in the same boat? Why are you well, challenging yeah, two me? people? Yeah, two Why people or one. It's a, it's a five fish thing. limit. So you can either fish by yourself or with two. Why, is, that, he challenge- Why is he challenging me to a bass fishing contest? No, I'm not challenging you. I'm, I want to fish it with you. We're, we're partners. We're not members of this. You don't have to be. Open buddy. Are you listening? So me and him can enter as a team? In our open buddy events, yes. Not in our club events. You want to do one of those? I'm in for that. That's fun. John, John. You you should have been to Spruce. We had 33 boats. First place was 1,500 bucks. I would have done it. Look, I don't care about the money. With Joe on my team, bass fishing, (laughs) we don't have a chance, but... The hilarity that will ensue with the GoPro video just Listen, will make it all worth you it. You want me to give you? I will give you a quick, quick explanation of my theory. I think the whole fishing industry revolves around marketing. Everything is everything you buy, and yes, exactly. Everything you buy <laughs> and use, you use it because someone else told you to. Um. And a lot of things in the fishing industry are so expensive because they have to give out so many for free so every other person sees them using it and then you buy it. So what's the most easy, most accessible fish in North America? The largemouth bass. I mean, every lake has them. So the whole marketing and targeting and so every TV channel and every TV show and every Walmart and Kmart and Dick's now they start this bass thing. Bass, 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 bass. But I believe there's less bass fishermen than there are trout fishermen. Look at opening day. Look at how many people went out opening day and how many people are waiting to get out opening day and how many poachers went out before opening day. You know, I think there's, I think there's more trout fishermen actually than bass fishermen. But I don't trout don't anymore. I use- yeah, but the trout fishermen, they only get to fit. There's like trout. There's actual real trout fit. Like, this is why I don't even understand opening day. Because, like, me and Chris have been trout fishing till like, last Friday. Like, we've been trout fishing all year. Yeah. Opening day is the guys that come out with, like, their truck chasers. They fish for six weeks with power bait, and then they're gone. That's it. You know, you know, I used to do that when I was younger. I did the same thing when I was younger. I used to go to open uh, whatever river was stocking that day. Like I go to the Rockaway on Mondays. I go to the Wanakue on Fridays. I go to the Ramapo on Thursdays. I used yeah, to absolutely. do that when I was younger, you know. But I would have to think the bass fishermen, or the bass fishermen, they're fishing all year. There's so many more bodies of water with bass than trout. And if you throw South Jersey into the equation, 
I mean, bass just crushes trout. So I don't know if there's more. What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, and you know what? I, I'm kind of got to agree with Joe. I don't know if there's more. I mean, they're definitely condensed into that opening day. But, I mean, you know, like I said before, if if it makes, you know, if that's what someone wants to do, if, you know, for the tradition or I used to do it all the time just, just for tradition's sake. I, I haven't the last couple of times, but not because I'm like, ah, I'm not doing that. You know, I just I did something else. Uh, I fished for something else or whatever. Bass, I mean, fi- bass fishermen are always very, they're just bass fishermen. And trout fishermen are always just trout fishermen. Yeah, and but most, have, most bass fishermen have boats. A lot of bass fishermen have boats. There's some bank guys too, but majority of serious bass anglers have boats. But like so less have, people, it's easier access to trout fish. I have friends that are ba- like, they have nice boats on Lake Pacon, big bass fishermen, you know? You fish for walleye? No. You fish for hybrids? No. You do any musky fishing? No. Any crappy? No. So what, what do you do here? Oh, I bass fish. Yeah. Like, See, that's I it. Believe- They're just like, bass fishermen are just honed in on bass fishing. I'm just a fish head, man. I love to fish. I don't care what species it is. And well, that's my whole life, it, it, I've caught in so many different species of fish. But since now, like I said, I don't have the leniency to fish all the time now that i'm married and have a kid and have a full-time job i i only have saturdays and maybe sundays of fish so i do my tournaments because it's my competition i don't play football or baseball or sports anymore so it's my competitive drive i see you put a lot of a lot of uh, nice walleye pictures up though oh yeah no i catch a lot of walleye also yeah do you fish rivers anymore at all the rivers? Yeah. Not really. I go upstate New York for brown trout a couple times a year. And uh, every time I go up there, I get 20 to 25 inch browns. We get big brown trout up there. Just throwing spinners or little jerk baits. What is the, uh, your, I go to your... the East Branch in the Delaware. I don't know if you ever fished the East Branch. Of course. Yeah, the beaver kill. I grew up. Cat skills. Yeah, I grew up up there. I had a summer house up there since I was a little kid. So I've been going up there forever. What is your favorite month of the year to bass fish? Uh, I don't know. I can't even really say I have a favorite. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't have a favorite. Well, no, I just. How about like a broader version of that question? Do you put it this way? Like when the water gets like 55, de- 55 degree or warmer water, I'd rather bass fish. I struggle more when the water's under fifty-five. But over the years, I've gotten better at cold water techniques. But when the water's warmer, it's easier. Sorry, yeah, it's what was just, that it's, it's so slow, right? It's like the the patience that it takes is just, it's tough, especially if you're in a contest, right? I got to imagine. Yeah, but if you know where they're at, you know where they're at. It's like we had our first opening club event a few weeks ago on Pompton Lake, and I ended up winning it. I found all the fish in one spot. I went there first thing in the morning, flipped the jig in, caught one started fishing two hours i caught seven of them and uh the next five hours i didn't get a bite but all my fellow competitors were coming around and it was an isolated area that had all the fish in it so i was protecting it like a mother hen anytime a boat anytime a boat came by (laughs) i'd be like hey get away and i just like drift over where the fish were drift around a little bit then i see a boat come i go back over there 
just to keep them away. Because if somebody comes and catches a, a four pounder, you know, that's one that I could have had or they would have took my lunker for the day, you know. So now, so you made me think of this. I, I, and I'm not sure because I've never done any real like big bass contests. Is there a rule regarding this or it's just etiquette thing? If you're fishing a spot like you just said and someone, you know, etiquette wise, if I'm out fishing, I'm not going definitely not within casting distance of someone else fishing probably much more away than that. If it's something like a top water blitz is happening and it's big enough that I can go on the other side and not be within casting distance, that would be the only scenario where I think I would get even that close. But in a bass contest, if you're in a situation like you just said, can someone, without breaking any rules, just literally pull up next to you, like two feet from your boat, and flip a jig into the spot that you're fishing and pull, start pulling out fish? they can but there's definitely etiquette involved you know if somebody does that to me we're gonna have words <laughs> you know i wouldn't that, well, don't fly. Yeah. that don't fly you know but most people have enough etiquette but you know what the lakes in jersey are so small that you kind of have to fish recycled water and fish around each other the lakes are yeah. tiny i used to go to the national championships for the aba for four years and i went to florida louisiana alabama and it's just, you don't even want to fish Jersey after going there, you know? Yeah, you so, got so much more room. and Yeah. Well, I took I took third place in uh, the national championship, which was Harris Chain in Florida. And it's five different lakes connected together. It's a chain of lakes. And I ended up taking third in a four-day tournament. And I almost won the boat, you know? And it was... It was fun. I had to share the one canal. I was fishing with a 12 foot alligator. Man, <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> it was cool. You know what I think, you know what I think is cool that like, all right, so you've traveled all of these different places, all these different States bass fishing. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe you wish you lived somewhere else, but and maybe you're stuck in Jersey. I don't know, but it seems <laughs> to me like you're here, right? You're, you're fit. Even after fishing all these other States, you still enjoy fishing, for bass in Jersey. Maybe you're not going to catch a largemouth bass as big as the ones you caught in Florida. You're not going to catch smallmouth bass as long as big as the ones you caught in, you know, upstate New York or wherever else. But I don't know. There's just something about the smaller water in Jersey. It seems like that just, you know, keeps us happy. I don't know. You know what it is? It, uh, if you're a good fisherman in Jersey, you're going to be a good fisherman everywhere because, like you just said, the bodies of water are so small and they get pressured, which if you're a good fisherman in Jersey, you're going to be able to fish anywhere. It just makes you a better fisherman all around, you know? Yeah, I've, I've told people that, yeah. Oh, 100%. Agree with that. 100%. Well, John, I really appreciate you coming on and hopefully we're going to have a uh, weekly bash report from you and... Hopefully we get to fish this open buddy tournament Chris is talking about. I'll fish it. Go on the website on topwaterbassers.com and look. And anyone that you see is an open buddy. It's scheduled open buddy. Come and fish it, man. You know, I'd love to see you guys there. Let's go, Chris. Yeah. Uh, We're going to do it. It's going to be hilarious. I'm in. I'm in 100%. We have that one in Merle Creek. You guys know Merle Creek. Lake trout don't count, though, you know. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I I have. I have tried to bass fish in there. 
and I want to say once or twice, you know, I've never just slayed giant fish. Like, I, I don't think I would have ever gotten a whole five bass limit there. But I've, you know, I've been bass fishing there and caught some just monsters. Oh, there's big ones in there. John, the weigh-in not... the, the weigh-ins at 7 p.m., correct, John? <laughs> yeah, outside the gate. Outside the gate. 7 p.m. <laughs> is it, what time is it? It's at sunset, the weigh-in, John? Chris yeah, launch, launching at is at 6 o'clock. As, as, they tow, <laughs> as they tow his car and trailer away, he'll just be floating. <laughs> if I fish a bass contest at Merrill Creek two hours into the contest, I'm probably going to say, oh, screw this. I'm going lake trout chicken. <laughs> I've caught in so many lakers there while I was bass fishing, like jigging, vertical jigging spoons and stuff like that. Yeah, 30, yeah. 40 feet. Got some That's big it, lakers out sure. of there bass fishing. All right, man. I hope to get you back on here. And uh, yeah, we will fish one of those. Probably not the Merrill Creek one because Chris is boycotting that place, but we'll fish one of them. <laughs> hey, Joe, you take your kid fishing? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Do you like it? My my daughter's older. She likes it more. He's just getting into it. Oh yeah, yeah. My son's my thirteen. Likes... He doesn't really like the fish. He likes uh he likes the tech. He's into the video games and oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. But he wants to do engineering for all that. And he's like real smart kid, you know. So yeah, I'm the fisherman of the family. He's a smart one of the family. That's so. all. My daughter loves hybrids. She likes to troll for hybrids with planter boards. Oh yeah, that's her favorite. Yeah. Just reel them in, yeah. And salmon fishing. She likes that, too. I love taking kids fishing or, or newbies. That's why I always want to work in the fishing industry. And I would love to be a guide or something, but I could never get full-time every day, you know? So I need a full-time job. That's what it comes down to, because I would, I would love to be in the fishing industry. And I get more excitement and gratification out of newbies or kids catching them versus me getting yeah. them myself. That's just the way yeah. I am. Do you have any... Do you have any interest in being uh, co-hosts on a fishing podcast? Because as, as, as soon as as soon as I start making money doing this, I'm getting rid of Joe. Flush <laughs> <laughs> him down the toilet. Get rid of me now. <laughs> he's, he's making the he's making big bucks with the uh, Old Spice deodorant uh, kickback. So. You guys uh, are like Laurel and Hardy, man. You don't want to get rid of each other. You guys go together, man. It's all good. We, we, this is it's Laurel and Hardy. This is like fucking not. No, this is bad. Or Beavis and Butthead. This is total like Dwayne. Dwayne can't stand the negative. Dwayne thinks we're the two most negative fishermen he knows, and when it's both of us together, he just Dwayne can't take it. It's just too much negativity. But uh, that's John told that's, me that that's if he my stayed, way. I know I'm negative too, but John told me that if he stayed here too long, he would just keep talking about fishing. Oh, so I he will. said, no matter what happens, just kick him out. So I'm kicking him out now. So kick him out. <laughs> kick See John you. out. You guys call me so late. I'm usually at bed by eight o'clock, man. Me too. That's where we're going. <laughs> our our producer Deuce. Always falls asleep while we're talking about fishing. So, or else hey, my, he'd be gone already. My one, my son's good friend is uh, said he's going to watch a podcast. He's thirteen, so I just want to give him a shout out and mention his name. His name's yeah, Kevin Schmitz. It. His name's Kevin Schmitz, and I take him fishing with his dad up in Highland Lakes up here. 
and that gets my son out for a while, you know, because he don't really care for it. But he'll go out if one of his friends are there, you know. Nice. So, yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's he uh, subscribed to the podcast and he said he's going to check it out. So awesome. It's Anybody good. else you trying to promote trying to promote you guys as much as I can, you know. Shout out anyone you want. Yeah, no, that's it. And my buddy Scotty, I take uh, him and his stepson Scott Hurtner and his stepson uh, Tristan. That's the only two kids really that I take out fishing. And uh, like I said, I that's more important to me than anything is getting uh, getting the youth involved. You know, that's awesome, man. Hey, let, let me just tell you something, John. Like, there's still hope. For, you said your son not really into it. What? There's oh, he's there's still hope. You he know, just busts my chops a lot. He's like me. He's, he he he's got a lot of sarcasm like me. So. You bust my chops. Dude, when, when I was growing up, no one took me fishing. I, I maybe fished once or twice with, like, a friend growing up. I didn't start fishing till I was probably 25. Wow. I just picked it up at 25. I mean, you know, I didn't get I, – it sucks. I missed, you know, fishing as a kid, and I didn't – no one in my family really fished. But, you know, at some point in life, sometimes it just – it hits you. I, one day, I was just, my friend wanted to go fishing. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, obviously where it went from there, just a unhealthy obsession, I guess. But <laughs> I was like eight, nine years old. And uh, I used to live in Haskell on Rainbow Lake. And there was a uh, few, a group of people that used to go there with their buckets and their bobbers and worms and fill up the buckets of bluegills and bass and crappies and everything. And I was like eight, nine years old. I used to come home. I used to sell them bass, catch two, three pound bass. And I'd come home and show my parents some money. They'd be like, where'd you get that money? I was like, well, I sold the people on the lake some bass. And <laughs> I just had such a passion for it. You know, that's, that's how I started. And it was great. And then I moved to Clinton Road. So I grew up on Clinton Road. That's how I know all the watersheds. I grew up on Clinton Road since uh, I was 12 years old. So I'm sure you heard a lot of stories about Clinton Road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some Joe, crazy you're right. stories. This, this guy will never stop talking about oh, I will. worse I will. than us. Deuce, are you Deuce, awake? Deuce, you gotta wake up and cut this guy off, or I'm not. We're not going to bed tonight. Deuce, kick, kick him, Deuce. There hey, you. kick him. Bring me on again. Part two. Part two. It was great. Don, it was awesome, man. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, pleasure talking to you guys. All right. We'll see you on the lake soon. Have a great night. Take care, bud. Well, that was cool. John's pretty cool. Okay, so that was awesome to finally get John Dorn on here. He did tell me he will would stay on here forever, so I did have to kick him out. Um, yeah, we literally, uh, yeah, we literally had to just cut him off. He uh, he would have talked about fishing forever, and we would have just kept talking right back. Yeah, so eventually we do get yelled at by Deuce because he's already sleeping in the background and he wants to go to bed. So. Uh, I want to do my usual call-outs. Please subscribe to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. It's so easy. That's all that helps us. Um, Joe's Joe's Old Spice deodorant money is going to run out soon, guys. Yeah, I'm running out of the Old Spice deodorant money. Um, Hit the subscribe button. Even if you don't like Chris, hit it for me. And if you don't like me, hit it for Chris. And if you don't like either one of us, then hit it for Dwayne. Just hit it for some. Just hit subscribe. That's all. All right, call out. I'm calling out Fast Eddie. I got YouTube comments and emails. People want Fast Eddie on here. They want the NJFishing.com legend Fast Eddie on the podcast. What else does he? 
what do we offer him to draw him out? Do do we have like nunchucks to give away? It has to be like a stealth weapon that would interest samurai sword. What does he want? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like he's more like a brass knuckles guy. Whatever, Eddie, if you want some sort of a weapon to talk fish in 20 minutes, whatever. The fans want it. New Jersey's calling for you. Jim Hutchinson, another one, uh, emails, people want us to talk to you. And Mr. Craig Lemon, you could ask Chris, when I first talked to Chris of the idea of this podcast, you were the first person that I thought of for an interview. So you are like my white whale. You are the Moby Dick of my interviews, Craig Lemon. I am after you. Well, and you know, I I did speak with Craig. He he does want to do it, but because he works for uh, New Jersey Fish and Wildlife, he does have to clear something. So he's checking in on it. But uh, well, if, if, it, if it can happen, it'll happen. He's anything he, he to do can, it. any anything that he isn't allowed to talk about, we won't talk about. But anything he can talk about, we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah no, I told him that, but he still has. They have to clear it with, you know. The- we'll make we'll make special arrangements for Craig. Whatever it takes. Fast Eddie, you know, just he's, get him he's weapons. Gonna... Kurt Holt. Fast Eddie can just come on and just say whatever he wants. It'd be great. Yeah, Fast Eddie could just come on. He could come on calmly. He could come on screaming at everyone. We don't know what'll happen, but just come on. <laughs> Any way he comes on, he comes on. Uh, anything else? Oh. Chris is going to be away in Florida next week. He's going to be fishing with Justin Lerner and Katie for the week. So, we really don't know yet if there's going to be an episode next week. There might be. There might be a short one. We might be get a remote episode with Chris from Florida for 10, 15 minutes, see what he's doing. Um, We'll see. So, next week's episode's up in the air. If you don't see us next week, though, that's why. It's because Chris is gone, and I'm not doing this shit by myself. So that's all for the week, and we'll be back the following week. And we'll still, I'll, you know, we'll still be on the on the social media and stuff. Feel social free to media, share, we'll you know. Just maybe not yeah, one. Feel episode. free to share the fishing reports. You know, I, I won't have any New Jersey fishing reports, but uh, you know, I'll still be looking at them. And we should soon. Uh, start having our giveaways ready we're still ironing out the details of how we're going to give it away but we are going to get start giving them yeah i think i think by the in about two weeks i think we'll have that ironed out and we just want to make sure you know these are some really awesome prizes from lake apac and guide service and uh can we we can't we're not we're not allowed to win no Uh, you can't win but you know, Aaron will take you fishing if you ask him. Maybe if you ask I don't him think nicely. he would. I don't think he will. I can't even get him on the phone. I don't think he will. If I call him now, he'll return my call probably in August. Hey, Joe, how you doing? You called? Like that's, yeah, call yeah that that is true. Yeah, that is true. He he he'll disappear. He'll he's fishing. Me three months from now, like one day went by. Oh, did you call me, dude? Yeah, I, I called. I did call you about three months ago. You know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm. I'm sure if if you offer him a pack of Old Spice deodorant, he'll uh, he'll oblige you. <laughs> Get that damn thing off of your dresser. It's just sitting there. Your your deodorant. Unfortunately, I don't have a torture chamber with a toilet in my house like you do. Where you're sitting. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'll see everyone next week. They aren't holdovers. They're stock trout, 
and thank you. Good night. See you later.